anyway rob we would love you to uh, to speak to us and share with us uh, what you've prepared regarding um the spiritual discipline of worship so i'm going to hand over to you now brother lord thank you for rob we ask that you would uh, bless and help him and that you would help us to be uh, just receiving uh, what he's got to say to us help us think about it help us to chew it over with ourselves and others lord we so that we engage with you lord god and live for you yeah use rob well we pray bless him and may he enjoy his time with us amen thank you rob amen thank you rich um and thank you, Kate, as well, to, for reminding us about our, our priestly function. I think it's something that we don't we don't talk about, and that was a um, a very good reminder, and, and we should um, seek to understand that better. Um, so we're going through uh, what we call spiritual disciplines, uh, which is really just about essential uh, practices, things that we do, that habits that we form, and the, these are. Uh, these are all good things and they can all be and should be a joy um, they're not a duty but we choose to do them even when we don't feel like it because it's not our feelings that are on the throne it that's the position that belongs to, to Jesus um, so our feelings need to be not in charge and that's what the, the fruit of the spirit called self-control is about um, so we're these are just uh, good practices to do. And we're going to be talking uh, in this session about, about worshipping God uh, as a discipline. But is it really something like a discipline? Isn't it worship just something that we do naturally? Um, I think yes, sometimes, but often no. <laughs> we need to actually be deliberate. We need to actually be uh, intentional. Uh, probably 90% of the time we need to actually uh, be intentional uh, about worship. Um, you might hear those words deliberate and intentional quite a lot in this talk. Um, so because we are the situation that we're in, um, which is one of lockdown or coming out of lockdown, albeit very slowly, uh, I'm going to be talking mainly about personal worship um, and not corporate worship. I think corporate worship is uh, very important. Um, the principles are the same and if we develop in our personal worship I believe we'll experience greater depth when we're, we are actually able to come together. Um, but yeah I'm going to be just talking about you and God, your, your personal uh, worship of him. So why should we worship? Um, Probably a good answer comes from uh, the conversation we've already mentioned uh, today, which is where uh, Jesus talks to a, a woman by a well, and so she's known as the woman at the well. And uh, she starts uh, bringing up the subject of, of worship. And I think she was being provocative because she said that you, um, you do say that the only place you can worship is Jerusalem, but we worship on, on this, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. And Jesus says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. 
You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And uh, that really shows us that <laughs> simply God is uh, looking for us to worship him. God is seeking uh, us to be his worshippers. And that's a good reason why we should worship. So what is worship? Uh, what is the essence of worship? Well, although the woman no doubt intended to be provocative, Jesus directs her away from an understanding of worship in just being an action, to it being something much deeper, and it's an expression of the spirit within, in communion with the Holy Spirit, and founded on God's truth. Um, Paul might have had a similar thought when he was when he said to the Philippians, it's us who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. So in, in seeking what I, I thought quite a lot about what actually is worship. Uh, and in, in one sense, of course, uh, worship is something that is like our whole lives. But we're looking much more towards the actual uh, action and expression of worship as, as something deep within. So I've got um, quite a lot of, of scripture that gives us insight uh, into what is worship. So the, the Hebrew words that were used, um, mainly translated worship in the Old Testament, have got some associated meanings with them. Um, one of the words, I won't mention the actual words themselves because I won't pronounce them correctly and you'll forget them anyway. Um, but, so there's one word that, that uh, is used a great deal and it, it's got the associated meaning of bow down. Um, there's another word that is used a lot and it means serve. Um, and then there's another, uh, a third word that it's used less often but has the un understanding of fear. So those three elements bow down uh, serving and fear jesus actually uses two of those words when he quotes um deuteronomy 6 13 it's actually when he's being tempted by the devil and and uh, he quotes deuteronomy and says worship the lord your god and serve him only the first of, of those words actually is the one that has um has the connotations of fear and he's often translated to be afraid um, and the second one is, is the one which has the understanding of serve. As I said, there is a, a third one that, that has the association of, of bowing down and is often accompanied with the words bowing down. These are clearly words, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That These are clearly words that Jesus lived by. Um, there are two main words in the New Testament in the Greek which, have, uh, which are used to uh, translated worship. And... They have similar shades of meaning with, with a lot of overlap in the meaning. But of course, it is possible to bow down and not worship. You can also serve and not actually worship. And you can be afraid and you can not worship. So worship is something that's happening deeper inside of you. 
Uh, it's not the outward thing, it's the inward thing. Um, <clears throat> so, um, Paul perhaps defines the essence of worship when he says in Romans 12, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, apologies if your your version now says something different, but that, that was the uh, that's this is now the ES the uh, English Standard Version. So you'll present your bodies living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is. That is his good, acceptable and perfect will. Um, so worship is also a presentation of ourselves. It's, um, uh, it's laying our lives down in order um, to serve God. And that is now our, our act of worship. It's presenting our bodies as a, a living sacrifice. Um, we get much more insight as well uh, on worship from the book of Revelation. Uh, looking first at uh, Revelation chapter 4, there's a picture uh, painted of God on his throne. There are lots of different colours, precious stones, um, an, an amazing scene that is portrayed there. And God on his throne is surrounded by four living creatures who never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever these give glory and give thanks to him who sits on the throne, there are also 24 elders that uh, surround the throne. Also, they have thrones and they <clears throat> perhaps they represent believers from the old covenant and the new covenant. And whenever the four living creatures give glory to God, they, uh, they bow down and say, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honour and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. <clears throat> and they take off their crowns and they lay them before the throne in reverence towards God. Um, which reminds me, actually, there's, um, <laughs> there's a hymn which we haven't, uh, sung for an awful long while love divine or loves excelling and the last words of that hymn say till we cast our crowns before thee lost in wonder time and space and then moving on to revelation chapter five um, and we we have the scene of um, no one is worthy to take the scroll but then there's the lamb of god on the throne and he is found worthy to take the scroll and open its seals um, and the, uh, we have yet a, you know, more songs um, and angels appear. A picture is painted of 10,000 angels encircling the throne, singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And then it says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea singing. That's all-encompassing. Uh, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders bowed down and worshipped. We get uh, still more revelation about the essence of worship uh, in 
in chapter 7, where the angels, elders, and four living creatures fell down on their faces before the throne, it says, and worshipped God, saying, so the, those accompanying words, they worshipped God, and this is how they did. They said, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom, thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And again in chapter 11, after the seventh trumpet is sound, sounded, then the 24 elders fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Weighty and, and heavy words. But this is how the, uh, the elders fell on their faces and worshipped God. So as a summary on what is worship, what is the essence of worship. Um, in one sense, we worship God with our whole lives, but we're focusing today with worship as a daily discipline. So worship uh, is a heart attitude involving our spirits in step with the Holy Spirit and with openness and truth. It's a presentation of ourselves before God, laying down our lives. It's fearing God in awe, it's bowing down, dedicating ourselves to serve, an acknowledgement as the elders and the four living creatures did that he is holy and that he alone is worthy of every accolade. So how do we go about worshipping um, and uh, make sure that we're doing that? Well, the first priority, number one priority for worshipping is for our worship to be in spirit, as Jesus said. These are the, the uh, worshippers that the Father is seeking. So we need to submit to the Holy Spirit and his leading to us in our worship. Then the next thing is, is to make time to worship. So decide you're going to do it. Perhaps you have a, a daily time when you come before God in prayer. So why not? say, right, for the first five minutes before I come with my various requests um, and sort of pour out the things that, you know, I'm, I'm really buzzing with at the moment, decide you're going to spend a period of time intentionally worshipping, just worshipping. Perhaps you, might, you uh, might be going out for a walk and you say, right, I'm going to spend the next few minutes just worshipping. I'm going to be focusing I'm not going to be talking about me. I'm going to be just focusing on you and, and just doing that. In um, Richard Foster's book, um, Celebration of Discipline, he describes avenues into worship and steps into worship. I think there's quite a lot of uh, overlap, but I guess the, the avenues are like whole big roads and the steps are uh, smaller things. Um, but uh, yeah, you may want to, to read up what he says at that. This is kind of my take on, on the best way to, to uh, go about worshipping. So first of all, still your mind. Let your mind be still. Stop thinking, this is a really difficult one for me, about all the things that crowd into your head. 
these are very different things for, for different people. Um, and it, for me, I have all kinds of um, design ideas that are just buzzing around in my head. Um, I have um, all kinds of things that I think I'm thinking I'd like to do that. Not necessarily things I need to do, just things I'd like to do. Um, and you have to actually deliberately decide, I'm not going to think about them. When they come into your mind, you say, nope, uh, I'm actually focusing on God now. Um, and I find praise is a, is a great way to start, really, um, and start thanking and praising God for who he is. Um, and when we start praising God, actually, it often leads to spontaneously thank him. We can use scriptures that help with praise. Um, a good one, for example, these are just two examples of many, many ones you could use. And uh, Jill Harriman will be, will be able to help you if you, you need a quote here. 1 Peter 1, uh, so verses 3 to 5, which begin, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, and so on. It goes on about uh, all his uh, all he's done for us. Um, that's a very good three verses to, to focus on. Psalm 103, all of it really. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my, my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not his, his benefits. Um, Psalm 8, which I might mention, mention later, uh, is another good one. Um, speaking about the creation and how, how great God is. Um, I'm going to, uh, at this point, just talk a little bit about music and because uh, it, I think music has uh, a very important place, but it's not the only way that we can uh, express and, and come to worship. It's a, it's a vehicle. Music is a vehicle to express ourselves, um, but it isn't itself the worship. Worship is what's happening in your spirit, your deep communion with God. For those people that are musically gifted, um, do have a privilege in that they can use music. Um, but there's also a handicap because music can actually also be a distraction for them because those of us like that can easily make our focus the music rather than God. And personally, I think that most of my real worship happens when I'm not sitting at the piano or holding a guitar or listening to, to worship, but just sitting or kneeling and bowing down um, before God. Anyway, most of us, even if we, um, we don't play an instrument or whatever, can sing and make music in our hearts to the Lord, as it says in Ephesians 5. You don't need an instrument to be able to do that. You can, you can sing. So you can use music even if you don't play anything. Um, I also find that some songs uh, can be used without music. And I often find the words of songs coming to, to my mind. And the best songs have got lyrics with sufficient creativity and poetry that I find myself speaking the words to myself because they come to mind easily. Um, so, and I guess we know them well because we sing them and then we, we uh, that repetition means they, they come to mind easily. Um, I believe that simple songs, if we are going to use them, are the best ones to lead us into worship. 
It was um, one that Ben Cantillon, I think it was, but I don't know, um, came up with, which, which just simply says, bow down and worship him. Worship him. Oh, worship him. It's not exactly complex lyrics. And yet in that is such a, a depth of uh, expression. And you could actually spend like quarter of an hour just <laughs> just singing those those words, uh, and some people do. Um, yeah, that's a great song. Another one that often comes to mind is is just the uh, I think it's Matt Redman's song. You are good, and your love endures. Um, that's just the the chorus bit. You don't have to worry about all the verses, but yeah, you are good. You are good. Your love endures. It, it's uh, fantastic. Um, words and the great simplicity allows us to simply uh, focus on God and his greatness. So here are some more steps really which I think are helpful. So meditate on the greatness of God. Think about what you know to help you understand how big God is. Consider the amazing variety of the earth, uh, of creation, uh, of the, the beauty uh, that's in the, creative, the, the creation around us. Consider, if you can, the vastness of the universe to try and get some little grasp of how big God is. Um, this, these things are actually beyond us because when they talk about distances um, in, in the universe, they are um, beyond our comprehension. Um, think about scriptures such as in Isaiah 66, which Stephen, uh, quoted when he was giving testimony in Acts 7, uh, which says, where God says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord, or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? Um, in Psalm 8, uh, it says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, um, let's consider uh, the the amazing uh, the creation that, that God um, has given us to live in. Um, and then we those uh, pictures we talked about in Revelation, imagine thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Imagine the four living creatures and the 24 elders all uh, encircling the, the throne, uh, bowing down and, and crying, worthy. Um, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the only one who is worthy to take the, the scroll and open its seals. Consider Jesus dying for us, taking the punishment for our sin, who knew no sin. Um, personally, for me, I, I, this is amazing for me. Consider God attentive to our situation and listening to our heartfelt prayers, also able to pay attention equally the billions of other people and their thoughts and concerns. Some things are too big for us to fathom, um, but the response when we get to the end of our own imagination needs to be worship and adoration. Um, we, in just going back to that picture of uh, in Revelation, where which we have of of heaven and uh, everyone worshiping God and crying out, holy, holy, holy. Um, you ever picture yourself there? It says that um, 
that uh, you know we are now seated with Christ in the heavenly realms in the spiritual sense. Um, picture yourself there in heaven. How are you going to express if you get a glimpse of God and his glory? Um, just a final couple of things, really, and then again, Nita's going to share a bit of her thoughts and, and testimony about uh, adoration. But, uh, so Jesus said, the most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Um, with all in talking about all your strength, we need to um, involve our bodies because although we worship God in spirit, our mind and our bodies are also involved in our worship and help us in expression. As I've already said, words have associated physical meanings such as bowing down uh, um, and serving in action. And the worship of the uh, angels and those uh, heavenly beings involves singing and bowing down taking off their crowns. So there's no hard and fast rule, but I find that actually expressing uh, with your body, you might want to stand and raise your arms. You might want to kneel, um, but still sort of uh, kneel, but upright, or you might want to kneel and bow down with your head touching the ground. Or perhaps you just want to uh, lie face down, prostrate yourself before God. Um, all of these things, have an effect and enable us to express and get to that intimate place of worship and and seeing God uh, in, in his glory. Um, and then, then finally where um, what's the uh, what's the outcome of worship? Where does it, it take us to? What's the fruit of worship? Um, in one sense, that's not so much our concern. The important thing is that we do it in obedience. But I, I believe actually that worship will actually lead us into obedience. It will lead us into uh, our lives being transformed because we are presenting. When we see God in his glory and we, we, we draw close to him, then we just lay down uh, our lives and our everyday um, actions uh, before him because we understand more of him how worthy he is I'm going to um, pass over to Nita now sorry I just have to sit on cushions because I'm not high enough <laughs> I just see the top of my head okay thanks for that Rob um, so, so this is really a little bit of personal testimony and also um, actually I didn't even look at what Rob had, uh, was going to be saying um, but, it, but it turns out it's, uh, it's kind of almost a summary of that. Um, so there's no doubt about it, adoration is worship and, and the title of this talk was, was um, Worship and Adoration uh, and, and when I saw that I thought ah oh, Yes, adoration. And, and, and what happened was a few years ago, I, I came across this concept of adoration. It was actually in a book about prayer. Um, uh, and the writer was suggesting, as, as Rob already has, <laughs> that adoration is the best way to set the tone for a time of prayer. 
Um, and, I, and I realized when I read the chapter in the book, I realized I'd never actually done that intentionally. So I sat myself down and I decided that's what I was going to do. I was going to start my prayer time for the next little while with adoration. So we got to day one and I had a really big shock because I couldn't do it. I started fine. I centered my thoughts on God and I focused on his majesty and his compassion and grace and faithfulness, you know, all of that. But within a minute or two, it was all about me uh, and my need to understand his goodness, my desire to experience his grace, my inadequacies, my difficulties, my littleness. And there, there isn't anything wrong with that. I think it's really good to to, to realize, um, you know, what kind of God you serve and, and, and your sort of littleness. But it, it didn't really fit into what I thought adoration should be not my idea anyway if it's all relating back to me there seemed to be something impure about it which was a bit discouraging because it meant I couldn't even spend a few minutes not thinking about me and a little bit like what Rob was saying about, about getting distracted by, by your thoughts anyway I did persevere and uh, it was, I had a few false stars but after about 15 minutes I, I cracked it and managed sort of three or four minutes of, of what I would regard as, as true adoration, focused on our magnificent God, nothing to do with what he's done for me, what he means to me, nothing like that, just his splendor, his goodness, his glory, his holiness. It was really good. Um, and I decided I was going to do this regularly over the next three months because I wanted to get better at it. Um, and, and all the way through the Bible, when, when you read about people who had a, an encounter with God, um, or, or with Jesus, they, they fell at his feet. And, and I wish I had time to like, you know, detail some of them, but I haven't. So you'll have to do that yourself. But what helps me, Rob was talking about positioning, is that when I start this kind of process of adoration, I picture myself at his feet, sometimes face down, in a position of worship or, or reverence, humility, or um, if there's if there's like if I'm in an appropriate space, I might actually physically do that as well. Um, so I continued with my training over the next two to three months because I wanted to learn how to worship God on my own, but without music. And um, as Rob was saying, sometimes that can be a prop. And, and those of us who aren't musical or can't create our own music, we do tend to think of that first half an hour or 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. That's the worship time. Um, and, and I think maybe we need to unpick our thinking a little bit there. Anyway, so I, the other thing I did was I actually wrote down some of, some of how I adored and, and, and what I prayed. And it's, it's actually really interesting reading it back. Um, if there's time, I, I, might, I might read you some, but yeah, if not, I won't. <laughs> anyway, apart from not making it all about me, the other thing I found hard at first was finding appropriate words, um, especially starting when you start off to, to adore it, it wasn't too bad once I got going but actually starting off I felt like a bit dry mouthed and oh I don't know what to say so a good thing to do is to use verses from the bible that um that speak of God's goodness majesty and glory um or and Rob's already talked about this but the words of a song that is focused entirely on God or entirely on on Jesus or or in the bible where people had a vision of God like Ezekiel or or you know, or, or, or of the heavens, and they attempted to describe it, that's a good place to go. Uh, like the bit in Revelation where John describes Jesus, or actually quite a lot of Revelation, as Rob was saying. 
actually just the name of Jesus again and again can be enough. It very much depends what kind of person you are. There aren't any rules. Um, yeah, it's what works for you. I do find that I easily and quickly run out of words. I, I, the English language does, does not seem to have the vocabulary that I need to describe what I want to say or what I'm seeing or sensing. And that is actually quite frustrating in some ways. But gradually over the years, I found it much easier to come into his presence and not, not have to have words. Um, you do need to watch your thoughts, but yeah, you, you don't have to. It does take practice. But after all, we're talking about disciplines and this is a discipline and really disciplines are just personal training and we can all do that. So that was four or five years ago. And I, I believe it's made a real and healthy difference to me somewhere deep in my soul. And I don't have time to elaborate, but you are welcome to, to talk to me about it if you want to. And that the thing about adoration is that it involves so many of the other practices we've been talking about which are good for us to cultivate like worship well it is worship but prayer thankfulness very hard not to be thankful when you've spent three or four minutes like picturing god and, and for who he is and, and and his majesty and his glory knowing the bible knowing the character of god the ministry of jesus the person of the holy spirit solitude quite hard to do it in a crowd or a noisy place i think it's it's a good thing to um, um to seek out solitude to, to do that and simplicity because it's not complicated and there's no actual formula it's just heartfelt words or focused thinking i spent a couple of months or so writing down an adoration prayer round about once a week um and when i read them back yesterday i was actually gobsmacked that anything like that could come out of my head I just want to read you a little bit of one quickly. Uh, this is back in, it's about four or five years ago. Your kingdom is complete and whole and perfect. You reign in it. Everything submits to your grace and majesty. Angelic beings gladly prostrate themselves before you in worship and adoration and praise. They bathe in your glory, in your majesty, in your perfect peace. Your holiness radiates from every part. It permeates every corner of heaven. Heaven's beings worship and praise you with all of their nature and capacity. The song of heaven rings out to, to those who would hear of your glory and majesty, to those who would seek your face and pursue your presence. Heaven's song beckons. Come and gaze at the splendor of the king. Come and sit at the feet of the one who defeated death. Come and behold the majesty of the creator of the universe. I mean, I, you know, when I read that back, I thought, did I do that? But I did, because it's my writing and my book. Um, and out of those few sentences, and many others like that, came prayers. And, and actually, when I then went to pray, it was like I didn't pray the things that were on my mind that I'd come to my prayer time with. I ended up praying all kinds of other things that weren't even on my radar. Um, and some of those I've written down and I again realised when reading them through again last night, the significance of some of the things I would be praying in, say, October. And by January, some incredible things had happened. I, I, I didn't realise until last night, I didn't make the connection. Amazing, amazing God. So can I encourage you to give it a go? Five minutes of adoration once a week. Um, if you need help with words to start with, as, as Rob was saying, try basing it on scripture. Um, Exodus 34, 6 
is how God describes himself to Moses. So that's a great place to start because that's God himself talking about himself. So it's, it's absolutely true. Um, or Psalm 104, which is about who God is and how he holds the whole of creation together. So I'm just going to end and I'm going to read you the first bit of my version of that psalm. Uh, and then I'm going to hand back to Rob. Oh, Lord, my God, you are so great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. That's what you wear. You are dressed in a garment of light. You stretch out your heavens like a tent. You lay out the rafters of your home in heavenly places. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride upon the wings of the wind. The winds are your messengers and flames of fire are your servants. You put the world on its foundation so it can never be moved. You clothe the earth with floods of water, water that covered even the mountains, but at your command that water fled. At the sound of your thunderous voice, it obeyed you and rushed away. Mountains rose, valleys sank, all of them to the levels that you decided. Then you set a firm boundary for the sea so they would never again cover the earth. Oh Lord my God, you are so great. You are clothed with splendour and majesty. Amen. Thank you. Um, thank you, that was great. Um, we out of time. I think that's just should we just pray? Yeah. yeah. Lord, we just pray very simply that you would you would teach us in the, the discipline of worship. Lord, that you would lead us into your presence as we seek you. Um, Lord, you would remind us of these truths, the importance of simply coming to worship you. Uh, and Lord, that you would help us through your Holy Spirit to put all these things into to practice for your glory. Amen.